Welcome to Summon Your Superhuman. I'm your host, Ria Mestiza, holistic health coach, mind-body performance practitioner, and this is the Pull the Curtains Back insight into how everyday superheroes have experienced tapping into their superhuman potential. To go from fear, frustration, and struggle to soaring next-level astronomical heights, I believe we all have more amazing within us than we know. I believe we all have unique superpowers, and I believe we all deserve to be our superhuman best. So let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of Summon Your Superhuman. Today, we have an extra special guest, because I know I always say we have a special guest, but this, this woman, she is exceptional. So let me introduce you to Bridget McGowan. She is an award-winning international professional speaker, a publisher, an entrepreneur magazine contributor, a Forbes Coaches Council contributor, an award-winning author, and there is just no doubt in my mind that she absolutely loves what she does. She has been a professional speaker since 2001 and has spoken on programs alongside prominent figures that we all know, such as President Barack Obama, Deepak Chopra, Alex Rodriguez, Oprah Winfrey, Shonda, Shonda Rhimes, Sir Richard Branson, and Amy Cuddy, just to name a few. <laughs> wow. So the list just goes on, but I, I don't want I don't want to jump too far ahead. I, I want to bring this lovely woman on and we'll chat a lot more about all the wonderful things that she's done. Welcome to the show, Bridget. Thank you for being here. Rhea, thank you so much for the opportunity. This is going to be fun. I already know it is. <laughs> well, we've already had the fortunate opportunity of having some fun on your podcast called Own the Microphone. So that that alone, I mean, I think I, I jumped at the opportunity to be on your podcast just with the title alone and then just getting to know you was just a bonus. <laughs> Yes, you did. And you you just jumped in feet first. Uh, I I remember talking to you about that and saying, you know, I really appreciate the fact that you just said to yourself, I don't know who this lady is. This lady, Bridget, she just came out of the blue and said, will you be a guest on my podcast? And you said, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Now, we had the challenge of time zones and trying to figure that out. Yes, we did. But, but we got her done. <laughs> mm-hmm. We sure did. And I just love that. Own the microphone. Like I said, the, the name alone just, just drew me in. So tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, you've been a professional speaker now for over you know, 20 years plus, but where, where did it originate for you? How did it all start? I like to tell people that I think it started when I was a child in school. And every grade report session or every time I received a report card from my teachers, there was a little section on the back of the report card. And this was back in the day. Listeners probably can remember what this was like getting a paper report card as opposed to logging into (laughs) a portal. Mm -hmm. And so there was this little section for teacher comments. And Rhea, it was consistent that I would have the comment from the teacher talks too much, or that was the one, yes, or maybe they started getting smart and they would just have all of these, uh, I'm not going to say bad behaviors, but behaviors that were not conducive to (laughs) a learning environment. They would have this nice little list of them and they would start checking that off all the time, talks too much, Mm -hmm. got along with peers, shared, uh, all of those were good. She does great in all those areas, but she just talks too much, Rhea, so- As an adult, I said, huh, how about we monetize this? Let's let's turn a problem into profits, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good problem to have. (laughs) I like to jokingly tell people that I think that's where it started. Mm -hmm. And, And in all honesty, I think because of my comfort level with talking to anyone, essentially, and saying to myself, what is the price of engaging with someone? What is the harm of talking to anyone? And the answer was, there is none. There is no problem. There is no detriment to it. And that has just always been very easy for me. Now, it's 
when you get to the point of wanting to get paid for that, then you need to start writing things in and you need mm-hmm. to start having some skill to it and research and think about how do you ensure that you always have an effective message. But uh, that's always come very easy for me. It's always been comfortable for me to either engage one-on-one or get on a stage and engage one to many. And it's been enjoyable too. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, audience audiences uh, seem to have a good time. So I think that's the most important part. And I said, well, yeah, let's do this thing. So what was that first step? So, I mean, obviously you knew that this was your natural born gift, your, your talent. It was an, it was just so easy for you. What was the next step you took? Right. A couple of next steps. So mm-hmm. it all started when I was working on a PhD in juvenile justice. And I remember I went to a conference and presented at that conference. Mm -hmm. And it was very easy or very comfortable presenting at that conference. And it was some research that I had done with classmates. And uh, I think we each got maybe 15, 20 minutes to Mm -hmm. present a portion of the research. And it it just was comfortable. And I remembered walking away from that presentation thinking to myself, huh, if I could look into some best practices and some strategies for public speaking, I I could blow the roof off of this thing here (laughs) because it it was, I I keep saying the word easy, Mm -hmm. but it just felt so fine, so normal to be up there, but I didn't feel like I quite had a strategy for being up there. And then it grew from there, again, going to conferences. I was teaching in an area years later, I was teaching in a discipline that I was not super familiar with. And so, and and not just that, but I was teaching and I had not gone to college for teaching. Mm -hmm. And so I started looking for conferences that could teach me how to be a better faculty member at a university. Teach me how to teach, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to these conferences and symposia and all kinds of faculty development events, watching these other presenters. And I'm thinking, I could do a far better job than that. I know I could. So it was stepping back, thinking about what I'd want to see as an audience member, Mm -hmm. what kind of experience I would want to have as an audience member, how I would want to leave a session feeling. And Mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to create that. That's just what we do. If Mm -hmm. we see a gap in something, if we see a missing link, we just say, okay, uh, what is it? Mo- uh, the mother of invention is necessity. If we see there's a need, we figure it out and mm-hmm. we do it. And so for me, I'm going to these conferences and I see a need for an exciting, energizing, <laughs> interesting, <laughs> fun yes. presentation. They yes. were all great content wise, mm-hmm. but the delivery mm-hmm. great presenters were few and far between as far as I was concerned Mm -hmm. at all of these conferences. And so I said, okay, I want to give the kind of presentation I'd like to see if I was sitting out in that audience. And so I started working on how do you do that? Just looking, reading, researching, how was that done? Mm. So by example and research, Seeing sometimes I think when when you see what other presenters are doing wrong or not, I mean, it, you, you, you're watching them, you're just like, oh, that's not, you know, what you're saying is good, but it's not really capturing me. And I guess what, what I'm hearing you say is that you really were honing in on your craft and, and how you could present yourself the best way possible. Was there ever any... Um, you know, I mean, I don't want to say nerves because obviously when you say well, there was some ease about what you were doing, but did you always have confidence in yourself to just jump up there? There wasn't any uh, in any fear, any real nerves behind what you were about to do? Or Rhea, I am nervous before every presentation. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter that I've been in it for more than 20 years or been in it since 2001. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that I have done uh, 
oh my God, I don't know how many presentations I could, <laughs> I mean, easily over a hundred. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thousands of audience members, if not tens of thousands of audience members, none of that matters. I have a presentation that is coming up next week. I am nervous about it. I will be nervous about it until I actually take to the microphone. Mm -hmm. The trick is not letting that take over the performance. That's first. Next, I have to understand that that's a good thing for me to be nervous about it. Because if I'm nervous about it, that means I care about doing a good job. If I get to the point where I'm just getting up there and I'm just winging it and shooting from the hip, that's a problem. But back to the nerves piece, Mm -hmm. the nervousness becomes an issue when you allow it to completely paralyze you or when you allow it to consume you to the point where you cannot do a good job. But it's the nerves are always there for me. Mm. Now, I know it sounds like, like you said, hey, have you always had this confidence and so Mm. on and so forth? It comes with the voice. Rhea, it comes with the voice. Even Mm. if I am not absolutely certain what I'm talking about, my voice, the sound of my voice will never let on. I could tell you something that is a complete lie, but because of my voice, you would never know it. And my voice, it's about finding your ideal speaking voice. Speaking of my voice, let's talk about how do you find that confidence in your voice, even when you're super nervous? Yes, please. It is about slowing down. Don't talk too fast because when you talk fast, you sound nervous and you sound like you're out of control and you sound right. Slow down. Embrace silence. Having a pause here and there actually conveys confidence. And you hear me doing it now, if you will, if you can hear silence, right? It conveys confidence. So slow down your voice, embrace silence and be comfortable with it because it shows confidence. And then finally, and most importantly, find your ideal speaking voice. And this is how it's done. Hum the happy birthday song. And I'm a horrible singer. So everybody brace yourselves now. (laughs) (laughs) That tone that you're humming, Mm -hmm. that is your ideal speaking voice. Use that tone. Embrace the comfortable comfortability that comes with silence or learn to be comfortable with silence and then slow down the pace. And that helps you. I'm not going to say get rid of the nerves, Mm -hmm. but it helps you be okay with them. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Do you have like your little, your own little ritual that you do before you get on stage? No, I don't have a ritual. I will tell you this. I don't like to be bothered. I don't like small talk. I don't want to, uh, oftentimes people want to chit chat. What, what do you want to talk about? I don't want to talk about anything right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't, I don't have a ritual before I get on stage. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, a ritual in the sense that maybe some people like to say a prayer mm-hmm. or maybe listen to their favorite song or what, I don't do that, yeah. but I have a, very particular way of preparing for a presentation that goes far beyond the 5, 10, 15 minutes before the presentation. And that is I practice my presentation full on a minimum of three times. So this is happening the night before, the days before, preferably the night before a presentation. And it doesn't matter how big or how small that presentation is. I am in a quiet room all alone and I'm doing the gestures. I'm standing, I'm pausing for laughter. I'm pausing (laughs) to ask a question. I I do all of that. But in terms of like this ritual or, or telling myself it's going to be okay, or Mm -hmm. I don't do any of that. (laughs) I put in a lot of work in the days leading up to it to make sure 
I'm giving the best performance I can. That's really the, I mean, that's the true retrospect of a, of a professional, really. Like you've just delivered it just there. It's being prepared so that you have the confidence to to go out and do exactly what you plan to do. You know, my, my background uh, when I was younger was um, singing and dancing and acting even. And there was no way in hell I was going to get on stage and, and dance or do a performance um, even though I, I had told you, actually, I have done that before with minimal uh, <laughs> notice. But, um, yeah. you know, obviously if you, to do an acting performance, uh, you know, it's, it's giving a performance. You, you're, you're going up and you're delivering a message. You're delivering something. It, it's quite it's, – it's different and it's similar, you know, because you, you know what the end goal is. You know what you want to make. Like it really is crafting that experience uh, and making it memorable, which is something memorable that came out of our last discussion, uh, Bridget, was that you you mentioned quite a couple of times and quite passionately that you love to show up and show out. What does what does that mean to you? Because you're very passionate about that statement, and it's actually one of your books. Yes, yes. I am incredibly adamant about that and incredibly passionate about showing up and showing out. So we know what it means to show up. You're there. You are physically there. You are seen. You're you're on time. You're ready. You're set. Let's do this. Show out means to actually do it, right? Mm -hmm. Show up. You're there. You're set. You're ready. You're at the starting line. You are in position to take off in the race. But to show out is that performance that is exceptional. It is unforgettable for all of the right reasons. Show out means that you are not just physically there, but you are also mentally there. It means that you care about not just yourself, but others. You care about not just ensuring that it is time well spent, that is, it is an enjoyable experience for yourself, but for others too. You care that you leave the kind of impression on people that days, weeks, months, years later, they may forget your name. They may forget what you had on. They may forget what you looked like or even what you talked about. But they'll remember how you created a feeling in them that was just indescribable. Show out means that you are not just a bump on a pickle. Okay. You're not just existing. You're not just checking the boxes, but you actually, you actually give a damn. Okay. <laughs> let's just, <laughs> let's just, let's just put it, put it that way. Uh, and, and and the people who consistently show up and show out are often mistaken as being, quote unquote, on 24 seven. Mm -hmm. They're the people where you look at them and you think, gee, I mean, how many cups of coffee did she have before, mm -hmm. you know, X, Y or Z or, oh, my gosh, she just wakes up like that. Or, oh, he's always on 10. No, these people don't consume copious amounts of coffee. Coffee. No, these people are not taking some strange vitamins. No, these people are not on 10, 24 seven. These people know when the lights are on them, when the microphone is on them, when it's time to shine, by gosh, they are going to shine. And they know that they have two choices. They can show up and be common and ordinary, or they can show up and be confident and extraordinary. And they choose the latter. And that's what my book talks about. It is entitled Show Up and Show Out. 52 Communication Habits to Make You Unforgettable. And 52, of course, is significant because you get one habit per week. The hope is a reader will read one each Monday or each Sunday, whatever day is the start of your week. Mm -hmm. We'll read one and we'll take that 
that practice or that strategy I provide and work on it throughout the week. Be very cognizant of putting that in place. So by the end of the year, you should be showing up and showing out on a daily basis. That's genius. I love it. Can you can you share a couple of examples of some habits? Yes. So first off, the book is divided into four sections. Mm-hmm. How you look, how you sound, what you say, and how you say it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the opportunity, Rhea, to pick one of those sections and I will give you a strategy for one of those. So the, the, the four sections, again, are how you look, how you sound, what you say, and how you say it. From which one do you want to tip? Hmm. (laughs) I want to say, can we get one from each section? Because they're all, I mean, obviously there's a reason why you have a a section for each of them in the book. Right. I think, I think, yeah, maybe one for each. Okay. All right. So I am going to give you one from how you look and, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'll talk about why I have those four sections. I firmly believe those are the four pillars of effective communication mm. and you may sound fantastic, but you look a mess and people cannot even focus on what you're saying because you, you just look a hot mess, right? <laughs> I'll even come back to our conversation here, how at the start of the, the conver- at the start of the podcast, you said, Bridget, can, can you come on camera? No, I can't. <laughs> all you would do, you, all you would do is get distracted by my appearance. <laughs> you wouldn't hear a word that came out of my mouth. So how you look, how you sound, mm-hmm. uh, and then what you say, So often we just focus on the exact words that come out of our mouths Mm -hmm. and that's fine and that's great. But then also how are those words said will impact how well people uh, consume your message or uh, yeah, how well they consume it, how well they uh, receive it is probably the better word that I'm looking for. Okay, let me think, what do I want to give you? from how you look. And with how you look, I talk a lot about body language and a little bit, a little bit about clothing, but not a ton because Mm -hmm. we all have our different styles. So I'm actually going to give you two from how you look because I think they're my absolute favorite. So here's one of them from how you look. Smile. Smile even if you are not on camera, (laughs) candid (laughs) camera. Smile when you talk. Smile when you are on the phone, smile when you are on a webinar, smile when you are just out and about. It's contagious and it not only makes you sound more pleasant, but it gives you an air of confidence and people can hear a smile. You can hear me right now smiling. People can hear a smile and a smile is synonymous with friendliness and it makes you Mm -hmm. look far more approachable and composed and it looks better than a frown. And we'll use the word smile to better understand the power of it. So S, people who smile give off a sense of strength and certainty. M, when you smile, people want to be around you because there's something magical about you. I, it's infectious. It's nearly impossible to pass somebody smiling and not also smile yourself. L, those who smile demonstrate to the world that they are loved. E, smiles give you a positive energy. You feel and look totally empowered and ready to take on anything. And then here's another one from How You Look. I love this one. I call it Walk That Walk. You have just a few minutes, Rhea, just a few minutes or seconds rather, not minutes, but seconds, seven to 10 seconds, according to a lot of sources Mm -hmm. to make an impression on a person and how you walk into a room is part of that judgment. Keep those shoulders back, keep your head up, Keep your eyes laser focused, have that smile on your face. And all of that comes together to send a silent message to everybody, quote unquote, listening and watching you. It shows that you have pride in yourself. And one of my absolute favorite techniques is this one. Have a song playing in your head. 
It's your favorite song. It's a song that makes you feel like a million bucks and walk to the beat of that song as it plays in your mind. You not only look and feel unstoppable, but others will see and know that you are unstoppable. What's your favorite song, Rhea, that makes you feel like a million bucks? You're asking someone who used to be a DJ, so there's... <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> it changes. Uh, really depends on the mood, and I have a very diverse uh, interest in music too, so it really depends. Um... I'm going to come back to you on that. I'm going to come <laughs> back to you on that because we, I mean, DJ, dancer, performer. Oh, you're giving us a song on this con- <laughs> on this uh, podcast episode. You best believe that, Rhea. Now. <laughs> For the how you sound section, I already gave you one of my favorite tips that's mm. in the book. And it's that finding your, your ideal speaking voice. And to yeah. find it, you hum the happy birthday song. So that's one. You're going to get another one from me. Right. Another one in the how you sound section is downplay the up talk. I... <laughs> I hear this in men more than I hear it in women where the ends of their sentences kind of go up. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a lilt. Yes. Mm. Yes. There's a lilt and almost everything kind of sounds like a question. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm I talking know what about. You, yeah, I do. I do. It, it, it drives me up a wall. Mm. I just, Oh, it, dri- yep. <laughs> oh, it drives me up a wall. But anyway, <laughs> to show strength and to sound confident, Mm -hmm. And to even feel more confident yourself, get rid of that up talk. It's also called a high rising terminal. And it's when you end those sentences, I can't even do it. (laughs) Uh, I can't do it either. (laughs) I really. So first off, it happens because the person is in search of acceptance of their ideas by the listener. Mm -hmm. And it also happens because the speaker is sometimes excited. (laughs) And it's nervously rushing to get to the next thought. And then some people will engage in uptalk because they subconsciously think that it makes them sound interesting or that it makes their ideas sound more agreeable Mm. and it makes them sound friendly. That's some people. That's why they do it. All of these are. No, they're wrong. It doesn't make you sound agreeable. It, It doesn't make you sound more interesting it actually makes you sound vulnerable and unsure. So to fix it is to just mentally and verbally finish a a statement before moving on to the next statement Mm -hmm. and then end with a period, not a question mark. So that's from how you sound. From what you say, let me think. Ah, yes. Here's one I love in the what you say section. We'll hear people start sentences with things like, well, this is just my opinion, or I'm sorry, but I didn't quite get what you said, or I'm still working on this. And we'll start sentences with phrases that have no value, to be Mm -hmm. quite honest. Mm -hmm. And many people say these phrases out of habit or nervousness, but these Mm -hmm. are non-essential phrases that lessen your message's strength. So to sound more assertive when you speak, delete that preface, delete that non-essential phrase and start your sentence where the preface would begin. Instead of saying, in my opinion, we need to move the meeting, just say, we need to move the meeting. Instead of, I'm sorry, but I'm not clear on the next steps, just say, I'm not clear on the next steps, right? (laughs) Or, well, I'm still working on this, but here's what I have so far. No, just here's what I have so far. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, That's why use words important. that will wilt your message when you can use so many other words that will wow your message? Mm-hmm. And then finally, how you say it. Uh, what is a strategy from that section? Mm, how you say it. Let me think, let me think. I like... I think it might be the very last one. It's the very last one. Yeah. And I kind of talked about this one with the show up and show out piece. Mm -hmm. Show up with the intent of showing out. If you do not intend to show up with a, uh, in life, with a blazing hot representation of yourself, then just stay at home, stay at home every day. Don't, don't (laughs) stay at the house. Don't even get out of the bed. Now to clarify 
Blazing hot does not mean you are loud or boisterous. It does not mean you are arrogant, obnoxious, or out of character. It does not mean you attend little league football games looking like you're on your way to a black tie gala. It means that when it counts, those times when you need others to recognize you for who you are, what you represent, and what you do, and those times when you need others to form the most positive impressions of you, you show up in a way that says you know your brand, you like it, and you own it. And everybody has a brand. You don't have to have a company to have a brand. Avoid attempting to uplift yourself by comparing yourself to others. And do not try to make yourself feel better about your choices or lack thereof by critiquing or criticizing the choices of others. Free yourself of concern over somebody else's attire, somebody else's career, or any other aspect of life as you subconsciously examine your own decisions in comparison to theirs. If somebody opts to leave a nine to five to launch their own business and wears a suit every day, then that's his choice. That's his brand. Mm -hmm. If somebody else insists on something else and it doesn't make sense to you, don't worry about it. That's what she's chosen to do. Mm -hmm. It's not about how you measure up to others, but how you measure up to your own standards. If you want to be memorable, then it is incumbent upon you to make yourself unforgettable. Never dim your light in an effort to make others feel comfortable either with their decisions not to shine. Make your choices, dress a step above the rest, speak with pride, walk with assuredness, look as if you own the place, know your brand, don't back down, show up and show out. Now give us that song. <laughs> uh, I will have to say, just on a whim, uh, one of the songs I really love listening to that makes me feel quite empowered is um, Lions in the Wild. Um, I know it's a strange name, but who sings that song? Um, Martin Garrix. <laughs> uh, okay. Just, there's just something really uplifting about it and free. Um, and I think that we, you know, I, I really want to make sure that I, I show, I show up uh, and show out authentically me. And so it's about, you know, find reconnecting within and just letting my body move a little bit, you know? So for me, I like to, get some music playing before I, I jump on, on stage or, or speak just to clear my mind of any other distractions and get myself in the zone. Uh, you know, I, I told you my, not, not ritual, but how I would explain how I get prepared for it, but I'll, I'll save that for people to listen to when we drop your episode or when your episode goes live with me. Um, but yeah, I would have to say that song for the time being. Nice. But so, yeah, I, I love every point that you shared. I think they're all very important. And it, it's, I think it's, I was very fortunate to be dropped in the deep end of the pool many times by my mom when I was, when I was little, when I was younger, uh, you know, she would force me to do a lot of things that I didn't want to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there were a lot of times I performed when I didn't want to uh, or speak when I didn't. Uh, actually have any preparation for and um, it she enabled me to acquire uh, I, I don't know a tough skin a, a, a confidence to just know that I'll get better with more practice or I'll it, it's okay like <laughs> it's it's okay not to be sharp and ready but like you said if you present yourself in a certain way and everything will be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, I think the showing up part 
is a very small percentage of being effective. Anybody can physically be anywhere, but it's the showing out part. And showing out is going to look different for everybody. Your version of showing up and showing out is going to look totally different from mine. It's just like how different speakers have different flavors, if you will, and different personas and different styles of getting up there and owning the microphone. The same goes for individuals and how you show out. You can be mild-mannered. As a matter of fact, here's a great example of someone who shows out, I mean, is a rock star, Mm -hmm. but not a rock star in the sense that we think of a rock star. And it's Dr. Anthony Fauci, right? He's not loud. He's not boisterous. He's not over the st- over the top, but he shows up and he shows out and showing out for him means instilling confidence in people, knowing his industry, giving information that can be trusted, mm-hmm. having a sense of being reputable, right? That's how he shows out to the point there are socks that honor him, right? There are Dr. Fauci's socks. <laughs> I, I think what Brad Pitt even did a skit where he pretended to be Dr. Fauci. So showing out doesn't mean you are this incredibly extroverted person and you are just over the top, but it means, and I'll go back to it again, where you are performing in a way that, and think about Dr. Fauci or think about someone that you just hold in high regard. Mm -hmm. You're showing up and you're performing in a way that just makes you unforgettable for all of the right reasons. Yeah, that's that's it. And I I think I feel fortunate that I'm in a position where I'm I'm representing myself. So to do that justice, I just need to really show up uh, and hold myself to the standards that I, like you said, it is about holding yourself to those standards and making sure that you deliver the value. Um, and, and yeah, it, all of those things really are, are vital in giving a memorable presentation. I think some people find it hard, I guess, if, if they're representing a company you know, I know once upon a time you represented a company and then you sort of have to find, like, how do you find that that sweet spot where you really have to deliver, now you're delivering a company's, you're, you're the representative of that company, but also you want to also make it memorable by giving them a little splash of Bridget, right? So how, <laughs> so how, how do you find that balance, I guess? Right. And that's what you do. It depends on each person. So, and you give them that little splash of yourself, right? You stay on script, you follow the outline, whatever it is the company has insisted that you share, right? Mm -hmm. You make sure you align with their policies and you're all good. But also, and, and you have to figure out how you do this with your personality. But also, I would do this during presentations when it, it just made sense. When, let's say, someone would ask me a question that I had a very personal response to it. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it didn't go against company procedure or anything like that, right? But I just knew it was not something that the company would have spelled out as an answer to the question. So I would ask the audience member, okay, do you want the fill in the company's name mm-hmm. in the blank? Do you want the blank answer or do you want the Bridget answer? And of course they're salivating, right? They're like, oh, we want the Bridget answer. Then you can give us the company answer. (laughs) Like give us both or whatever. But they definitely wanted the Bridget answer. Mm -hmm. And that was part of how I would let my personality show. I would also let my personality show by creating standards or practices that were just a hallmark of me. One would be, and this wasn't anything that was taught by the company, 
but one would be making sure that I would always shine the light on the audience and make everything that I did about the audience. So that would mean I didn't tell a ton of personal stories in a presentation unless it just made sense, unless mm -hmm. someone asked for personal experience or asked me to give an example of XYZ happening. Yes, I would do that. I also insisted that presentations did not start with the reading of some lengthy bio. Uh, I would insist that if they had to have a bio that I'm just giving you a couple of sentences and, and, and that's it. We, you know, you're not getting the full paragraphs and all of that. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, very similar to what you did where you just gave a few sentences. That's what I would insist on them doing because mm -hmm. I didn't want this to be about me. And if you wanted to know more about me, you know, nine times out of 10, you Googled me before you came to the presentation, right? <laughs> but you could ask me after the presentation. And then I would also ensure that the presentation would shine the light on the audience where I would talk to them about what they were going to know, what they would be able to do by the end of that presentation. So there were just different practices that I kept in my back pocket that I always ensured showed up in my presentations, that showed up in my conversations, that showed up in my email exchanges and so on. So it became synonymous with your experience with Bridget. So I didn't get so connected to or lost in the company that I had no identity. I had my own identity where it was known that if you ever engage with Bridget, one, you, you'll probably laugh at some point. Uh, two, you're going to walk away saying to yourself, man, that was, that was a pretty cool conversation. I wouldn't mind hanging out with her again. And, and you know, three, you know, she kind of made it about me. I, you know, I feel a little uplifted here. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they have their impression of the company, but I needed them also to have a certain impression of me. And that's mm -hmm. how you strike that balance is to not get so consumed with the company you're working for, but get consumed with the company you're working for, be, meaning yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Because everything you're doing is for yourself or for your family. So get consumed with that. What brand and image am I putting out there for myself and for those close to me and not so consumed with what you're putting out there for a company? Because that job, can be gone like that. Trust and believe. I know it happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, thank you. That's, I think really hit the nail on the head because that a lot of the, let's call them dry presentations that we may, you know, both sat through many a times where you just thought, Oh, poor soul. Like you really just don't know how to be, um, <laughs> you're just trying to be a certain way, but we, yeah, it's really hard to connect with someone that's, that feels almost robotic. Uh, and I think that's probably why it, it's, it's up there with one of the biggest fears of people is that is they're so worried about how people are going to perceive them. You know, are they going to like me? Am I going to mess up? Am I, you know, they start to almost talk themselves down into the ground before they've even started. Um, are there any words of wisdom that that you would share with someone to sort of, you know, bite the bullet and, and just give them that confidence they need to, to execute the best they can? Let me think. I am going to tell you to move in silence. Everybody doesn't have to know everything you are doing. Don't try to compare yourself to others and don't worry about what everybody else has going on. Do what you were put on this earth to do. Do it boldly, do it fiercely. Do not dim your light for anyone. Oftentimes we're looking at the person next to us. We're looking at the friends on social media and all we see is the glitz and the glamor. All we see is the perfectly quaffed hair mm -hmm. and the expertly applied makeup. And we don't see everything else that's going on behind the scenes, right? Mm -hmm. Just like you don't see what I've got going on. <laughs> <laughs> 
we can get stymied, Rhea. We can get paralyzed thinking everything has to be perfect. No, it does not. My first speaker website was a hot mess. It was a bowl of hot mess dot com had the big ugly <laughs> microphone on it right just try something it does not have to be perfect it does not have to look like somebody else's it does not have to be at a certain caliber as somebody else's remember earlier i was talking about a strategy from show up and show out mm-hmm. where i indicated that it does not you know don't 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 worry about what other people have going on. Don't compare yourself to others. It does not have to be, use your own standards, okay? Use your own standards. Don't worry about somebody else's, but Mm -hmm. just do something because you're not serving the world if you are not giving it a go. If you've had an idea, don't know where to start, do a search. Start with an internet search. Check in your communities, your networks and say, Hey, I'm thinking about starting X. You have any idea how to get started? You have anybody you can connect me with where I can have a quick conversation and ask them a few questions. Uh, You know, there are so many resources out there. If you don't know how to get started with an idea or with a business or with a new venture or project, but, but don't sit still because others are missing out on your service. You could be doing and making such a big difference in some people's lives. And you don't know it unless you get out there and put yourself out there. So don't, don't wait, don't wait, move in silence. Everybody doesn't have to know what you have going on. Don't feel like you've got to shout everything from the rooftops, but when it's time, you'll know when it's time to let the world know. And when you do it, show up, show out and shine brightly do the thing <laughs> make it happen <laughs> beautiful you you really are delivering the real talk and i think that's another reason why we get along so well is it's just just be real keep it real oh so bridget sure. I, I, <laughs> I mean look it's already evident that you are a super hero superhuman superwoman but as I ask everyone on the show, what does summoning your superhuman mean to you? Mm, wow. 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 Now that is something <laughs> about which I've never thought. What does summoning your superhero mean to you? Here it is. Even when you feel like you cannot go another step, when you feel like you cannot take another day, when you feel like you just cannot do one more fill in the blank, whatever it is your job is, whatever it is your family insists on, like you cannot do one more dinner, you know, you, you cannot wash one more dish, you cannot, you know, generate one more Excel spreadsheet. When you just feel like you have reached your limit, you have not. Because there are people out there who need you. They need your genius. They need your spirit. They need your inspiration. And you may say to yourself, I don't have any kind of inspiration. What are you talking about? I don't have any genius. Hold up there, little mama. Everybody has a genius. You just have not clearly defined yours yet. Maybe that's it. You have not fully embraced yours yet, but ask some close trusted friends. What is it that I do really, really well that you wish you could do, but you know you can't, right? (laughs) What is it that you admire about me? Figure that out. But when you feel like you just cannot push any further, you can, you must And you will because other people are counting on you. You just don't know it yet. And they just don't know it yet that you are the person that has what they need, but you cannot stop. And that's what it means to summon your superhuman strength where you you don't back down, even when it feels like you just want to roll over and and cry wolf. You want to roll over and throw up the white flag. No, don't. 
because it's not fair to you and it is not fair to others who need what you have deep down inside. Perfect. <laughs> As that really just brings it home, Bridget. You you clearly have a mission to help people just bring out and master their message you know, turning, you, you speak about turning people's voices into powerhouses. And that's why you're so passionate and so effective at, at doing what you do. So thank you so much for sharing your gift with us today. And thank you for the gift you share with the world. And I'm very thankful that I've been able to connect with you. Thank you so much for giving us your time and, and knowledge today. Likewise. Thank you, Ria. The second greatest fear next to dying <laughs> is public speaking basically and it's crazy when you think about it because it's not even just it, it it's whether you're speaking on front of a group of people or an audience of people we worry about how we're going to sound how we're going to be perceived or i hate the sound of my voice when really we we need to find our own voice and try to just be ourselves because that's actually what people will appreciate even more than you trying to, oh, I want to be able to speak like Bridget or I want to be able to speak like Rhea. It's, it's not about how well you can replicate somebody else who's doing it. Do you? What's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah, sure. Not everyone's going to love you. and Not everyone's going to enjoy hearing you speak. So we just, we don't gel with everybody and that's cool. But learning to let go of that fear is so freeing. And effective communication is important in any setting. But it's, it's your inner voice. And whether it's trying the happy birthday hum that Bridget suggested or just doing some inner inner game work will really help set your voice and you free. So on that note, I'll leave you there to ponder. Until next week, strengthen your mind, body and soul muscle superhuman and stay amazing. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it and please leave it a review leave the show a review if you've been enjoying the episodes i would love to hear from you nothing lights me up more <laughs>